Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to go through our rapid review of round 16, a cracking round of footy, a heap to dive into, a couple of huge performances, a couple of guys that we've also heard are going to be out for Origin 3, which is going to make a huge difference. So we'll get stuck into all of those now. We're going to go into Bloke in a Bar Studios in about an hour and a half to record the deep review of Round 16, along with a couple of topics. We'll probably talk a bit of Origin as well. A heap to get stuck into. So let's dive into our rapid review. Thursday night, we had the Manly Seagulls knocking over the Melbourne Storm at Brookvale Oval, a much-needed win for the Manly Seagulls, 37. 6 to 30. Um, I dropped a podcast the other day talking about this game. So if you want a little bit more detail, go and have a listen to that because there was just so many storylines in this. It was unbelievable. Such a bizarre game of football. Uh, as I said, I, I think I called the podcast What on Earth Was That Game or something along those lines. So I'll go in to more depth there. But look, I thought Manly, um, they played well. You, you look at the first 73 minutes, I thought they were great. Um, we obviously got to see Cola. He ran the length of the field. We got to see his speed. Uh, and then you got to see him score a try later off a ball from Ches that was unbelievable. A great ball from Cherry Evans. I'll talk about it later, but probably his and Nathan Cleary's pass to put Isaac Tungo over this week. I thought they were probably the balls of the week. They were sensational. Manly out to a big lead, look like they're home and hosed. Melbourne kick off, Cheese comes up with a one-on-one strip off the kickoff. I mean, you just never see that either. Uh, and it wasn't even in the top three craziest things that happened in this game. Manly up by a fair whack with about seven minutes to go and then Ryan Pappenhausen. You could just tell the whole game he was a little bit hesitant on his legs, uh, just, you know, finding his way back into the game. And then the last seven minutes, Pappy just exploded. He looked back to his old self. A scary little warning signal for the rest of this competition because when Pappy gets confident, Hughesy gets off the back of him, Grant gets off the back of him, they're a scary prospect. I think in the last six minutes, Pappy scored two tries and had two tries, which was just unbelievable. He just absolutely exploded. Uh, a lot of chat about Melbourne Storm here, but the winners were the Manly Seagulls, and they needed that win. I think if they would have lost that one, as far as the ladder goes, everything would have become very, very difficult. So well done to the Manly Seagulls. That's the second game in a row. They have faded in the back half, though. So they will be a little bit worried about that. They need to sort that out very, very quickly, especially after losing the week before to the North Queensland Cowboys. If they would have held on to that one, uh, all of a sudden this Manly team is well and truly in the top four, I believe. So Manly coming home with a wet sail, despite Turbo not being there. And 
myself and I think most people I'm just ruling them out of finals contention they are keeping it alive uh, Jake Trevojevic was taken off at the back end of that game you could see the pure passion from him standing on the sideline he was filthy to be taken off and then they, they did go and score all their points essentially after Jake went off the field uh, disappointing for Melbourne they really only played for about 7 or 8 minutes there played to how they should I, I thought both teams were pretty average for the first half, to be honest with you, I thought Manly were awful. Somehow they were in front, uh, and Melbourne they just they just went themselves for pretty much that entire game. So, bit of a weird game of football when you do play in those shit ones. You're more than happy to get away with a win, and the Manly Seagulls will be stoked about it. They can now move on um, and focus on making the finals this year. And if you're playing the Melbourne Storm next week, so I believe the Sharkies are on Thursday night. Uh, I think you're going to come up against a pretty fierce Melbourne Storm team because I'm sure Craig Bellamy will be fucking filthy. And I think they'll take a lot of confidence from the last few minutes there. Uh, Friday, 6pm, we hijacked this one. So we dropped that full podcast. If you'd like to go and have a listen to it, just a bit of dribble between two mates and join ourselves answering your questions. Uh, Knights 38, Titans 12. Uh, I feel a bit sorry for Dom Young. Scored a hat-trick. No one even spoke about it because Big Edric Lee. Five tries, unbelievable. I think it's the most ever in a game for the Newcastle Knights, jumping ahead of guys like Joey. I think it was Tamana Tahu, Mad Dog McDougal. Uh, an incredible effort from Edric Lee. Five tries. Very, very impressive. I, as I said, I feel sorry for Dom Young. No one was bloody talking about it. Um, 38 to 12, a pretty big win as it is. Then you've got to take into consideration that poor old Tex Oi, mate, he could have fallen out of a boat the other day and not hit water. He was battling with the goal kicking. That was getting hard to watch. Uh, so that 38 probably and quite easily could have been uh, 50 to 12 realistically. So... A hammering for the Gold Coast Titans against a team that I genuinely thought they could compete with. I think they were $2.10 going into this game. So very, very disappointing. Surely the Titans have got to make some changes. They've got to, I know they're talking about changing the coach. I'm not sure if that's the direction we need to go. I think you just probably need to filter around some of your players. They really haven't tried. Uh, I think we've like they've tried Paul Turner. Um, I, I I mean, we've got Tanner Boyd sitting on the bench. I cannot believe he hasn't been given a shot in the halves or at hook. It just blows me away. Aaron Booth, also in the squad, hasn't been used. Uh, it's a bit hard to work out what's going on at the Titans. And if they do sack the coach off the back of this, I'll tell you what, I feel very, very sorry for Holbrook because, in my opinion, I said at the start of the season, I think the Titans have made their own bed by running with such an inexperienced team. In the NRL, they've had a couple of injuries, I understand that, uh, but that's the fucking NRL once again. That was always going to happen, and that's where you really experience, guys, their key. Considering they have signed Kieran Foran, which hopefully uh, will fill that void next season, I think sacking Justin Holbrook before Foz gets there, and he has the opportunity to show what he can do with an experienced ball player. Did I, as, as much as, you know, I... I think it's a pretty bullshit argument that they made the finals last year because it was the easiest team to ever play finals. Uh, It was the easiest season to ever play finals. He did get them there with an experienced half, maybe. Uh, If they give him falls next year, maybe he can turn it around. So I hope they don't sack Holbrook. I think that uh, that would be a very Titans move. And, um, yeah, I I just think that he he should be given until next season. You're backed in a young squad. For me, this was always going to happen. I didn't really see the Titans season going any differently, realistically. What under the Newcastle Knights, though, you can only play who's put in front of you. They played well. Uh, but Edric Lee, five tries, holds a record now at the Newcastle Knights before he leaves to go to the Dolphins next year. So congratulations to him and the Knights as a whole. I thought they played really well. The late game. Panthers, 26 over the Chooks, 18. Uh, I thought the Roosters were pretty good. The Angus Simbin was costly, but it was fair. I've got no idea what on earth 
Angus Crichton was doing in that moment. Uh, Joey Manu, he was absolutely everywhere. He was sensational, Joey. He is just on another level at the moment, and we probably don't even know what his best position is. I mean, he's shown that he can play six, he can play one, he can be the best centre in the world. Uh, it, it's very hard. It's an awkward one for the Roosters to work out how they use him when they are full strength. Be interesting to see if they do keep playing him at six. My biggest worry was that they wouldn't have a kicking game. Uh, which I don't think was as evident as I probably thought it was going to be the other night. Uh, and, I mean, if they can handle themselves against the Panthers uh, playing like that, I think they'll be okay against most sides. Personally, I think the Roosters would have beaten about 13 other sides, probably Penrith and maybe Melbourne are the only two teams that would have beaten them the other night. So a tough one for the Sydney Roosters. I think that puts them in 10th place on the ladder at the moment. Yeah, 10th place with Manly in ninth. So... The pressure, it's sort of starting to build a little bit on the Sydney Roosters. They will get a buy this weekend, so that will help. But just thinking off the dome, so will uh, the Canberra Raiders, the Manly Seagulls, and the St. George Illawarra Dragons. So the team below them and the two teams above them as well. So a buy will help, no doubt about it. You'd rather have the buy than not have the buy. Uh, but the other teams around them will move the same. So it won't really change a heap for them, realistically. I thought Sam Verrills was very good for the Roosters. I think he's come back and played... Very well. You've obviously got Cheese arriving there next year, so I don't know if Sam Verrill stays at the Chooks um, or if he does move on. Maybe they use Cheese off the bench as a 9 13 I'm not sure how it's going to play out, but there should be a lot of teams looking at Sam Verrills, in my opinion. Egan Butcher, we've spoken about him for a very long time, saying that we think that he will eventually be better than that, uh, saying that we, we think he's going to be a guy that's going to play Origin, potentially for the Kangaroos, and... You saw uh, just a couple of flashes in his game the other night why we do hold him in such high regard. Put Takiyaho over for a brilliant try. I came up with some really big tackles. Uh, he is going to be a serious player, Egan Butcher. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you've probably been watching him for two or three years. Uh, keep an eye on him because he's going to absolutely explode over the next few seasons. The Roosters decide to go with Satili Tupanua at centre. Personally, I thought this was a mistake. I think Satili is one of those guys that you look at uh, and you go, you know what? He's a perfect guy to shift out in the centres. He can do this and attack and do that. Defensively, I, I really don't think he's up for moving out into the centre role. I think he becomes a real spot defender. And I think you saw Nathan Cleary really target him when he put Isaac Tungo over for one of the passes of the week. Uh, but that was a play tailor-made uh, that they would have spoken about at halftime or whatever or, or before the game when they saw that Satili was at centre, that they would have tried to get at him. I love Satili. He's very talented. Uh, but he's a guy that defensively, I think he's still working himself out in the back row despite improving out of sight this year. Uh, I still think at centre, it is just a bridge too far for him. So I think that's one change that the Chooks definitely need to make. I think they need to sort that out because that's going to be cost for them against a lot of sides, I think. Uh, the try that Appy scored. Now, Victor Radley put a big shot on James Fisher-Harris um, on the play before, and then Victor stood at marker. He was the only marker there, which is, you know, what you tend to do when you're like two or three metres out. It's sort of an awkward spot to defend. Uh, but this is what I talk about with Appy Curacao. I know Damien Cook is the better runner, uh, but it, I, I, even though Appy isn't as much of a great runner, his ruck recognition is so much better. He picks his moments so much better. And for me, this covers Damien Cook. This is why I really like Appy as a nine, because he picks his moments. His ruck recognition is just on another fucking level. Uh, ran for, I think, 30 metres the other night. So he didn't run for a heap, but it was one of those games where he didn't have to. Yeah, he just played his role. He waits for his opportunities. And when they come, he takes them every single 
time, scoring a great try in this one. Uh, saw that Victor Radley just watched his body language. He faded left for a split second. And when you got a hooker like Appy there, that's going to cost you. He scored a great try there, Appy Curacao. So well done to him. Hopefully he remains in the Origin team. Um, kick out that try on half time that just broke the hearts didn't it very very tough I thought there was some pretty average calls in this one I thought the Sam Verrill's tackle spear tackle do you want to call it or the above horizontal I just thought that was complete and utter horse shit that was just a good tackle by Sam Verrill's that was a tackle that you would take to kids learning how to play rugby league and say this is a courageous tackle and somehow he gets penalised for it felt very very sorry for Sammy Verrills in that moment look the Panthers uh, they're a fucking good football team yeah I thought the Roosters played really well Panthers still pipping by 8 points so uh, there's probably no point to go too deep into the Penrith Panthers we know they're bloody good you know that you have to play incredibly well to beat them and realistically in order to beat them you have to hope that they're a little bit off which once again uh, they weren't in this game I will say this about the Roosters from the sin bin onwards, which as you know, we've spoken about this on the podcast a number of times, the numbers tell you that when you get a player sent to the sin bin, you will lose that 10-minute period. But more importantly, you will lose the time after that as well. And it should be noted that after that sin bin, where traditionally like 90% of teams lose on the scoreboard after that, it was 18-all against the Penrith Panthers. So well done to the Chooks. Uh, they did very well to hang in there, and that'll be a huge positive that I'm sure Trent Robinson will be well and truly aware of. Uh, The Sharkies, 18 over the Dogs, 6. Torrential conditions out there at Combank. Very, very tough conditions out there. Uh, Look, a pretty... Pretty sloppy game, realistically. The conditions sort of decided that for the Sharks and the Doggies. For the Sharkies, thought Nico Hines was solid once again. Uh, we finally got to see Wade Graham ha- having some pretty good moments. That left edge of Talakai and Mulatalo went really well over the right. I thought Jesse Raymond, he probably just holds the ball a little bit too much sometimes. I think uh, he probably owes Katoa three or four tries over the last few weeks. As a super coach, non-owner of Katoa, I'm stoked about it. Uh, but that, that the two edges for Cronulla, they could be absolutely anything. It, it definitely is the most underrated backline in rugby league. Matty Burton was putting up those huge left foot reverse spirals. Uh, shout out to Will Kennedy, who took so many of them. I, I thought he was very impressive in... Probably the worst conditions imaginable against probably the best bomb kicker in our game right now and probably the best we've seen in quite some time. Uh, an incredible effort from him. I thought Jeremy Marshall King for Canterbury was sensational as well. I've been speaking about him all season, how much I do like him. I don't think he's a superstar nine, but the value you get out of Jeremy Marshall King is second to none. And the game that he had on the weekend was sensational. Had a really nice line break in the wet. As we said, you guys like Abbott Curacao, Damien Cook, didn't have a huge impact on their team in that sort of weather. JMK, he was the opposite. He had a huge impact on his team, a line break, and then he put in a perfect kick for Jake Avarillo, who just keeps finding meaties to score a little bit later. Uh, so well done to Jeremy Marshall King. I think he's going to be a really good signing for the Dolphins. I think that Wayne Bennett will get an absolute heap of value out of him. Uh, so well done to him. We saw Britton Acora score a try. The first one he scored in quite some time. Uh, I remember watching him in the preseason. I mean, Kempi sort of said he could be a smoky for Dally M second row of the year. It hasn't reached those heights. Uh, but great to see him run it, run a perfect line the other day and get rewarded for it because he does it every single week. So well done to Britton Acora. A really important try for his team there. Two guys from Cronulla I want to shout out. First one is Sifatalakai. Uh, probably should have got a try assist for the pass that he gave to Mulatalo. Didn't get it on Supercoach. Got it on NRL stats. But once again... 192 metres at centre, 78 post-contact metres. So as much as this guy isn't 
you know, breaking 19 tackles and scoring two and three tries like he did that night against Manly, still telling me that he's been quiet is complete and utter bullshit. 102, 192 centimeter, 192 meters run at center is crazy and 78 post contact, sensational to see. Have a look for context at the other centers in the NRL over this weekend and see how many of them got close to 200. Very impressive. Uh, I also thought it was Toby Rudolph's best game of the season. He was really, really strong. I was very impressed with him in a pretty stacked forward pack full of, you know, former internationals and absolute guns. I thought Toby Rudolph was probably the best forward on the park the other day. He was great for me, Toby Rudolph. Cowboys 40 over the Broncos 26. That was the middle game on Saturday. Huge win for North Queensland. Uh, I thought the, the Cowboys also bombed a couple of tries earlier. There was one to Kyle Felt they should have scored. I probably thought there was another moment where Chad c- could have scored or could have got damn close to it anyway. Really got the advantage and knocked the ball on there. Strange game. I mean, the first half, there was only two points scored. The first one was the Peter Hicku wild offload. That was that was bizarre. Even if there was someone there, they were at millions to catch that. Turpin grounded that one to score it. Uh, and then we had Reynolds throw an intercept to Toalungi. Uh, just like just two crazy plays you don't really see from these top two uh, shelf sort of sides at the moment. Brisbane now losing two on the trot. Um, interesting to see what happens with Brisbane now. You, you don't want losing to become a thing. We're hearing that Payne Haas is going to be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, I thought Adam Reynolds probably had his worst game that I've seen him play for Brisbane the other night. It's probably his worst game I've seen him have in a long time off the boot. He was pretty average, and just in general, a very disappointing game for Adam Reynolds. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, the Cowboys, they did score a couple of soft tries, like the, the Griffin name one, that was very disappointing. The Reese Robson one, very disappointing off the scrum. So I'm interested to hear what Kempe has to say because just from looking at what the Broncos have put out over the last 10 or 12 weeks, I thought that was a very dis- very disappointing defensive effort. And I thought the Cowboys bombed a couple of opportunities too. So I thought the Cowboys were by far and away uh, the better side in this one. I think the Broncos would be very disappointed with this game. I think they play next weekend. I want to say they play the Dragons maybe in round 17. So they are going to be missing a fair whack of origin troops for this one. So it is going to be a huge test for the Broncos. I believe they played the Dragons. So if they do play the Dragons, they'll be without Benny Hunt, of course. Uh, so that will ease a little bit of pain. But that'll be a huge game for the Brisbane Broncos off the back of two. Uh, I don't know if you'd say they were disappointing performances. Well, I'd probably say that that, that this one was a disappointing performance, actually. Uh, but they will be looking to bounce back from two losses after going, I think, seven or eight on the trot. They play the Dragons next week, four o'clock at Suncorp Stadium. So they'll be ready and raring. Uh, for that one. I thought last try to Alungi, very good hands from Drinky and from Val Holmes. There was also a couple of minutes there where, fuck, Selwyn Cobbo's a freak. He scored one try that he had taken off him, but that was just unbelievable. And then the try that he scored after that made the line break two, two plays later, gets into dummy half. He's just too big, too strong, but it's scary because he is just so skinny at the moment. He's going to really bulk out over the next few years. And he's going to be a serious problem, Selwyn Cobbo. We're not telling you anything that you don't already know, but just some of his touches he had the other night, they were sublime. He is just such a freakish little footballer. Now on to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 30 over the Parramatta Eels, 12. Latrell Mitchell making his return in this one for South Sydney and absolutely love this one for South Sydney. Very impressive performance. It's crazy what one man can do. And when you look at his stats, I mean, they're good without being fantastic. But as I always say with Latrell, you don't you don't read about his performance through stats. You have to watch it with your eyes. You have to see the impact that he had. Uh, 145 metres, four tackle breaks. 
Two line break assists, two offloads. Uh, very impressive performance from Latrell. And personally, the way that he managed to play at the back end of that game probably said to me that I thought he was ready to play Origin. I probably would have picked him. Latrell obviously thinks differently, uh, and he's made the decision to pull himself out of Origin contention, which personally I'm a little bit disappointed. I would like to have him in our in our back line to go up to Brisbane, uh, but Latrell knows his body, and good on him for, for making this call. It would have been a really tough one for him. Uh, I personally think they would have selected him. I honestly do, uh, but I, I think Latrell, he, he knows better than any of us. He knows what the Origin Arena is about. He knows where he's at at the moment. And I'm, I'm going to back him in to make the right call here. But to say uh, that I'm not disappointed, I would be lying. Because personally, based on what I saw the other night, I still would have picked him. I would have backed him, I would have backed him in uh, to handle himself at centre in an arena uh, that he knows what it's all about. And he, we just know that he's got that little bit of X factor about him. But uh, outside of that, I thought South Sydney, very, very impressive performance. He made a huge difference. I think everyone really lifted. I thought Cody Walker... There's some great balls in this game. I thought Isaiah Tass on the left center spot. I thought he was great. Uh, I've been waiting for him to get back into this side for quite some time. I think they will probably stay there. It's crazy. Like, obviously, we know how much... Uh, they're missing Adam Reynolds. There's no doubting that. Uh, but they've obviously stuck with Ilias for the essentially the entire season outside of the last 60 minutes of that game against the Dragons. But look at how many how many different players they've gone through and how many different combos they've gone through trying to fill the void left by Dane Gagai. I mean, you had Isaiah Tass at left center. You had Campbell Graham at right. We've moved Campbell Graham to the right. We've had Jackson Paulo there. We've had Tane Milne there. We've had different guys come in on the wings. Jackson Paulo could go center. We've had, you know, there's just been so much shit that has gone on solely to try and fill this massive void that has been left by Dane Gagai. And look, who was a bigger loss, Gagai or Reynolds? 100% Reynolds, don't get me wrong. But I think we're underappreciating how hard it's been for South Sydney to start to fill this hole that's been left by Dane Gagai. We are now round 16. They've had, what, four months to try and fill it. And I still don't think they've worked out the exact combination, how they do fill uh, this gap left by Dane Gagai. So credit to him, um, a champion player, not playing his absolute greatest footy at the moment uh, up there at Newcastle and definitely Origin Arena, but hopefully he does bounce back in game three. AJ scoring a couple of tries here. The the pass that Walker threw to him for the first one was a cracker, came up with an intercept a little bit later. Tass had a hand in a couple of tries. Uh, you did see Parramatta. We mentioned it. I mentioned it last week, I think at the back end, about uh, people that were going to buy Dylan Brown. I said you should probably buy Sean Lane as well. Next two weeks, they're going to obviously target um, Lachlan Elias, which they did. They only managed to get at him once for a try, but uh, Dylan Brown put Shane, Sean Lane through there. He threw an offload to Gutho. Uh, outside of that, a pretty grim night. For Parramatta, realistically, we saw Latrell at the back end of the game have that one play where he absolutely exploded, uh, put Marnie on his back, give it back to Ilias who put Cook over. Well done to Ilias too, the way that he has bounced back. Uh, the last few weeks would have been tough for him, obviously getting hooked, going into the bye rounds. It's a lot of time to sit around and dwell on what had happened, and he bounced back with a really good performance there. So well done to Ilias. Hopefully he holds onto that jersey moving forward. They have got a big game next weekend, which they need to win. It looks like they will keep Latrell Mitchell now, obviously, which helps a lot. Uh, outside of that, they'll lose a couple of forwards. 
Cam Murray will go. Jai Arrow will go. So it'll be a big test for them. Shout out to them in this game. They lost Harm They lost Mark Nichols. So I meant that Tavita Tola had to play 53 and Thomas Burgess had to play 59 minutes. I thought Burgess was unreal. He got through an absolute heap of work. I think he's going to have to get through that much work again this weekend for South Sydney, who are going to be a little bit low on troops. What well under South, they needed that win. That holds them in seventh place, keeps them in a pretty good spot. Parramatta, they stay at six. Nothing really changes for these teams. But Parramatta, this is another performance that they would be very, very disappointed with. Yes, it was wet. I understand that. But, uh, I mean, you look at the sides and you look at the kicking games. This is where Mitchell Moses, this should have been his fucking bread and butter with their forward pack as well. Compared to South's forward pack, who are missing an absolute heap of players, Parramatta should have won this game. So uh, I don't know how to, you know, sugarcoat that or whatever. A very disappointing game by Parramatta. This is the inconsistency that we worry about once again. South Sydney, they've they've been pretty damn inconsistent throughout this entire season. This was a game that Parramatta should have won. Um, and as much as Latrell Mitchell was great, it's not like he ran out there like an immortal and had the greatest game of his life. He was solid. He did some good things. But not enough to say that Parramatta never stood a chance in this game. So very disappointing for Para and for their fans. Another little uh, dagger there for them. Let's move to Sunday and the best news story of the week. The New Zealand Warriors returning to Mount Smart Stadium, getting it done 22-12. to 12. Watching them run out was fucking unbelievable. I texted Dennett when it happened just saying, I-, I got goosebumps watching this. It was unreal. Uh, the boys running out. Sean Johnson smiling again. So fucking good to see. I was a little bit worried at the start of this game. All the ball went to the New Zealand Warriors. Um, I think they slapped down about six Sean Johnson passes in the first 20 minutes. So all all the ball, all the possession to the New Zealand Warriors. And they just couldn't get points on the board. Uh, you then saw the West Tigers. Every time they got the ball, they went a long way in, in, into the opposition territory. Uh, but they weren't able to put points on the board. Eventually, it did come for the Warriors. Uh, you obviously saw the hooker, Wade Egan. He got held up. I thought he was unlucky not to score. But then a couple of minutes later, he put Tohu Harris over. And how good was that seeing Tohu Harris, the captain of the New Zealand Warriors, been through his, his own ACL worries and everything. The captain of New Zealand, the man that leaves him out at Mount Smart Stadium, scoring the first try. Very poetic. A great ball from Wade Egan. I thought he had a cracking game. Uh, Sean Johnson then put in a great crossfield kick, which rebounded off. I believe it was Dallin's back, and uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita came through and scored. Well done to Chanel. He's obviously had a tough period as well. He's not going to be playing rugby league next year. It was great to see him score and the crowd get around him. Uh, 22-12 to 12 without Reese Walsh. Uh, with Adam Fanua Blake seemingly uh, not 100% himself, obviously started off the bench, had COVID last week. A great win for the Warriors. Great to see them back home. A couple of guys that I thought were really good. I thought you and Aitken. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. Uh, 
He is so fucking underrated. 49 tackles he got through, you and Aitken. He got through an absolute shit ton of work, and he does it just about every week. He is incredible. 105 metres, 45 tackles. Uh, he's got 49 tackles, sorry, only one missed. He's going to be one hell of a signing uh, for the Dolphins next year. I'm sure Wayne will be very, very happy with that one. Thought Josh Curran and Tohu Harris, as per usual, really good. Justavunga, in the time he was on the field, he went off for a HIA early, uh, came back, and he, he, he ripped and tear as well. Volkman, SJ, their best game in quite some time, especially SJ. Shout out to him. It has been a tough, tough couple of years for Sean Johnson. Bounce back in this game with two tries. Off kicks and whatnot, I understand that, uh, but got the win at home that they desperately needed, 22-2. to two. Um, The Tigers looking like they're in a little bit of trouble. Shout out to Joe Offerhengawi. Um, he is getting through a heap of work at the moment. He does so much for this West Tigers team. 140 metres off 18 runs, 60 post contact, uh, but he got through 58 tackles. Missed three. But 58 tackles in 70 minutes, very, very impressive from Joe O. His fitness is just on another level at the moment. Uh, we also saw Stefano, him return off the bench. Didn't play huge minutes. Uh, I think he played 25 or 30 minutes, 22 minutes. Made 21 tackles in that time, though, Stefano. So hopefully we can see his minutes go up and up. Congratulations to Fenua Pol. Uh, he played 42 minutes. Uh, a good performance, very, very solid. Looked like he was going to have to come off for a HIA at one point. Got through a heap of work, to be fair. Six runs, 61 metres, uh, made 37 tackles, only had one missed on debut. That's a pretty fucking good knock. Going to New Zealand in their return game, very, very impressive. I thought Luke Garner was great for the West Tigers as well. He is going to be an unbelievable signing for Penrith next year. He's a guy that could quite easily be by the year, and I think he's going to fill Viliami Kikau's spot very well over there. Congratulations to the Warriors, though. Uh, the amount of messages, videos, and everything I got sent by Warriors fans, it was an unreal day to watch how it panned out, and thankfully, they got the job done there. Hopefully, they can now continue on with it because uh, they really they're, 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 their fans deserve to see a number of wins on the run home. Last game of the week, Dragons 12-10 over the Canberra Raiders. Uh, once again, terrible conditions here at Wynn Stadium. I'm not sure if there is a worse stadium to play at in worse conditions as far as how windy it gets down there at Wynn Stadium, right next to the ocean and whatnot. Uh, it's a fucking heap to play down there when you're in poor conditions. You could see there was no one on the hill. It looked like it was a uh, game of reserve grade, just the occasional person leaning against the fence at the bottom of the hill. Well under those fans that did show themselves. Um Look, 12-10, I don't really think either team deserved to lose this one. I thought they were pretty even. It was goal-kicking in the end that uh, that won this one. A, a, uh, a penalty goal from Zach Lomax early in the game sort of decided this one. I thought Amon, the try that he scored, a uh, bit of a controversial one. Obviously, short dropout. They thought it went across the uh, the 10-metre plane, tapped back. But well done to Amon's awareness to put his body there. Uh, that's just really smart eyes-up footy that not many guys would think of. So what well under him? Moses Sulis scored a cracking try as well later in the game and an unders ball there. And then Xavier Savage scored a good try as well. He's getting more and more confident every week. Hudson Young was the only try scorer in the second half. Uh, obviously controversy at the end of this game uh, with Ben Hunt. Didn't really look like he was square to me. Got out, made a tackle, finished the game there. Could have quite easily been a penalty. Uh, I thought that in the back end of this game, referees didn't really want to make a call. They didn't want to decide this game, which I understand, uh, but I think Ben Hunt being the uh, wily little character that he is, I think he noticed that, he addressed it, and uh, he took it upon himself to end this game, but very t- very ballsy by Ben Hunt, when you're up 12-10, 
last play of the game to sort of scoot a little bit offside whilst not being square to end this game instead of just making that last tackle, backing your team in to do it. Very ballsy. Could have quite easily sent this game two extra time if they threw the conversion over. Uh, as I said, tough conditions. I don't read too much into this game, uh, but the Dragons have come up with a couple of games. I'll be very, very disappointed in their performances that they should have won. Um, so the Raiders will, will, will be very disappointed by a few of these games recently. Shout out to, once again, Joey Tapanay. 46 tackles, 156 run metres, a line break. He is in incredible form at the moment, Joey Tapp. And I think it's fair to say over the last month, he's probably been the best forward in the NRL. He is just going absolute millions at the moment. He has been so impressive to watch. Chuck five tackle breaks in there as well. In the pissing rain to be doing what he's doing. Incredibly impressive. Love watching Joe Tappan at the moment. Very, very happy he's in my Supercoach Classic team. I think if you didn't get him this week, uh, you're probably pushing shit uphill to get him realistically. So stoked that I've got him. I think if you don't, he's really going to hurt you this season because what he's doing is just like no one else in this competition at the moment and dual position. What under the Dragons? Uh, not really a heap to dive into in this game. These sort of weather conditions, it's always going to be really scrappy. Uh, it was a penalty goal that decided this one in the end, and that's probably how it should have been. I think both of these teams are pretty close to dead even, realistically. Um, the Dragons, that'll put them into, what are they? They're eighth now, so they're into the top eight. The Raiders in 11th at the moment. Both teams will have a bye next week, so unreal for the Dragons, uh, who sit on 18 points. The camp Raiders now on 14 along with the Sydney Roosters. So the Dragons, if they can just win half their games on the run home, uh, that will lock them into a top eight spot, I believe. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I think they play the Seagulls over the next few weeks, so that'll be one hell of a game to watch. That could go as... You, you could definitely say that that one will decide which of those teams plays finals footy. Raiders, Roosters, Manly, three teams that are out of the eight right now that are three quality teams that I think are at a standard that should be playing finals footy. Um, the Dragons, though, they've got that spot, and they'll be looking to hold on to it over the next few weeks. That'll do our rapid review of round 16, guys. Thanks for joining us once again. We're going into Bloke Studios now to record the deep review. Going to be another cracking episode with Kempi and Timmy Williams. Deep dive all the games from this weekend and a couple of the hot topics. That'll all be coming your way on the Rugby League Guru podcast over the next 24 hours. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.